everyone and welcome to episode number 168 of the raw verdict recapping the highs and lows from wwe's flagship show monday night raw i am your host and humble guide keila cash thank you so much for joining me as week 170 of receptopia continues happy tuesday morning afternoon and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of wwe and aw continues and last night's monday night raw went down live from the simmons bank arena in north little rock arkansas and this monday night raw was pretty okay by today's standards i think we have overcome the shock and jolt of the night after WrestleMania when Vince was running the show, so to speak, in a lot of ways. That was a jump scare no one enjoyed. But the last two weeks have been calm and steady as we get ready for the 2023 draft going down next Friday on SmackDown and continuing the following week on Monday Night Raw. But let's get to the beginning of the show, which kicked off with the Usos alongside Solo Sokoa and the wise man himself, Paul Heyman. As Jay Uso let Little Rock know that the bloodline was in their city, but before they could continue their spill, we had the Judgment Day randomly come out of nowhere. And I'm thinking to myself, heel versus heel faction, very intriguing. What's this all about? And we had Damian Priest stare down Solo Sokoa at one point. He stands down and Paul Heyman explains, we have created a temporary alliance between the bloodline and the judgment day the judgment day needs help with the bad bunny situation and solo sokoa can take out bad bunny on behalf of judgment day on the other hand the bloodline has three problems they have a kevin owens problem a Sami Zayn problem and a riddle to solve in the form of matt riddle there's a six-man tag team match scheduled for backlash of puerto rico in a few weeks time on peacock involving the usos and solo sokoa versus the undisputed wwe tag team champions if they remain so after next Friday SmackDown after they compete against the Usos in a rematch by way of KO and Sami Zayn alongside Matt Riddle and my favorite part of the opening segment was Rhea Ripley staring down Solo like she is absolutely fearless as the SmackDown Women's Champion she is willing to whoop ass no matter the gender and I am here for it and at one point Paul tries to switch spots with Jay and Solo to make sure that Solo's away from Rhea but Rhea realigns herself right in front of solo and she says we don't have a problem for now but she is ready to throw down with solo and I kind of want to see it WWE give it to us one day but Jay's like okay we didn't co-sign on this pact with the judgment day we weren't informed I didn't get a phone call I didn't get an email a text message and Paul says well this deal was brokered on the order and authority of the tribal chief the head of the table, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion of the World, Roman Reigns. And he says the only person that had a little intel was Solo because he can keep his mouth closed about this stuff. But even Finn Balor, who's had beef with you guys over the last couple of years, agreed to this despite his own apprehensions behind it. But we all have a common goal. Take out our enemies. And the truce is official as Solo faces newly minted wwe hall of famer ray mysterio to the delight of dominic mysterio which kicked off the in-ring action of monday night raw after a commercial break and i thought this was a intriguing way to kick off the show i'm all about faction wars if it makes sense judgment day bloodline 
I like the truce and alliance for now, but I would love a feud down the road whenever the Usos become baby faces and ditch their gaslighting cousin Roman Reigns in the process. So it was Solo Sokoa versus Rey Mysterio. This match was solid as Solo was dominating this match early on by throwing Rey Mysterio very hard into the turnbuckles in the corner. Rey does fight back with Arana to the outside to Solo as we go to commercial break. We come back and Solo's back on offense, catches Rey for a Samoan drop for a near fall. Rey ducks a hip attack lands a 619 and the splash on solo for a very close near fall then we get distractions courtesy of the usos at ringside but the lwo makes a save in the form of sanchez escobar cruz del toro and joaquin while they lay out the usos with double super kicks ray lays out solo with another 619 goes up top for a splash but he misses the water and solo lands a samoan spike on ray for the win a short time later good match expected finish with solo standing strong and tall as you and then we have the beatdown, the Gang Wars beatdown, courtesy of the Usos, to all three members of the LWO plus Rey Mysterio to boot. So the heels stand tall to end this portion of the night. But don't worry, the odds will be even when it counts the most. But here's a better question. Where was Sammy, Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Matt Riddle? You're beefing with the Usos. Come out there and save the faces. Where were you at? Late arriving to the building, choices. That's all I got to say about that. Baby faces must stick together, but we got a better ending, spoiler alert, at the end of last night's show. Next up is the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair versus Dakota Kai from Damage Control. This was a good match. Bianca Belair was dominant early on by overpowering Dakota Kai, but Dakota lands a couple of stiff kicks to Bianca Belair as we go to commercial break. We come back and Bianca Belair unleashes a fury of offense, including a new springboard blockbuster which was pretty damn impressive, followed by a vertical suplex, a delay vertical suplex, and a standing moonsault for a near fall. And after that, Dakota Kai goes for a face wash in the corner. Bianca Belair avoids the move off the top rope and lands a backbreaker. Dakota Kai avoids the KOD by grabbing Bianca's ponytail. Bianca also goes for the glam slam, but Dakota Kai sends her into the turnbuckle. She misses another kick and Bianca Belair lands the KOD on Dakota Kai for the win. And Dakota Kai takes the KOD perfectly. Beautiful sell job as Bianca Belair picks up the win and she stares down her future opponent for her championship, Io Sky. That should be a really good match, preferably at Backlash in a few weeks time on Peacock. Next up is Cody Rhodes coming out to confront Brock Lesnar. And he's not wearing a suit this week. He is wearing a hoodie and pants. He is ready to fight and he looks good. The boy looking good. The gym work has been very blessed and highly favored as of late the crowd loves him pyro the song everything with cody's presentation right now and wwe has been perfection but then we have scrap daddy adam pierce wwe official telling cody hey you're not 100 you're not clear to compete we can't sign off on this you got your match at backlash that's enough for right now no physical contact and we got like security trying to hold cody back from brock lesnar brock comes out and he's got his cowboy hat on and a trench coat I've never seen Brock wear a trench coat a day in my life. And I've seen this man in this business for over 20 years. It was a nice aesthetic, not gonna lie, but he got paid by doing the bare fucking minimum. He stood there as Cody fended off 20 security guards, dumped them, 
over the top rope. He kicked their asses. Adam Pierce had more security try to hold Cody back to no avail. It was like one against 25. He beat them all down. And he says, you know what, Brock? I forgot one more compliment. You call yourself a cowboy, but I've been around real cowboys my entire life. And you are not a cowboy. You are a coward for not taking on this fight tonight. And I love the energy from Cody. The fans loved it. Cody versus Brock backlash should be a lot of fun. Cody loves punishment, pain, and he's going to sell and eventually beat the beast when it counts the most to hopefully get back into the WWE Universal Championship picture between now and Clash of Champions in May in Saudi Arabia. One can only hope, fingers crossed, as Roman will cross 1,000 days as champion by then. Next up is... Seth Rollins versus The Miz. Now, I have to say, the fans use a little bit of hyperbole by saying this is awesome. It is a go-to chant for all wrestling events. It was not an awesome match. I will say it was a very good match, and this was the best Miz match I have seen in a very long time, and Seth Rollins is that guy. And crazily enough... The Miz got the jump on Seth Rollins first, dominated the action, and Seth Rollins comes through with not one, not two, but three topes on the outside to wrap out Miz, and then Miz regains control, is ready to commercial break. We come back, and it is a fairly even matchup between Seth and The Miz. As Seth lands a sling blade on The Miz for a very close near fall, he goes up top, and Miz lands a middle rope cold breaker on Seth for two. Seth endures the it kicks by The Miz, goes up top for a frog splash, but Miz gets the knees up and goes for a crater on Seth. They trade a couple of roll-ups for a bit. From there, we have Miz go after the left leg of Rollins and applies the figure four until Rollins gets a rope break. Rollins comes through with forearm strikes, but Miz lands back-to-back DDTs, rows through, pops me a little bit because it was very clean and beautifully executed, but Seth is able to go up top, land a superplex followed by the Falcon Arrow and the curb stomp for the one, two, three. A surprisingly competitive and good match between Rollins and The Miz and Rollins does bring out some of the best work The Miz can possibly do inside of a WWE ring when need be and last night was no exception so good for Michael Mazanin because he's been wearing me out lately in terms of being dry on the mic so so in the ring but it was a good night for The Miz and Seth Rollins is a ring general as always putting in that work and putting on a show in the process. Next up is United States champion Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley. I have to say that Austin Theory has regressed a bit. Back in October of last year, he was fiery as a heel. He had an edge to him that I liked and I was intrigued by his character. Since then, it's been eh very meh and let's keep it 100% real as well this guy beat John Cena in the opening match of Wrestlemania two weeks ago and since that time he hasn't done a damn thing that has compelled me to say he's got next he's in the same spot he's getting the same lukewarm heat his offense should be flashy but it's very stagnant rest holds for days Bobby Lashley selling that much for theory choices but I just want more for Theory. I've seen him do more. And I think he can be more. But right now, he's stuck in neutral. So Bobby thankfully gets back in this match by delivering a clothesline spine buster combo to Theory followed by shoulder tackles and a dominator on Austin Theory for two. Theory is able to avoid the spear by Lashley, but he gets caught with the hurt lock after going for that rolling drop kick through the ropes. But in doing so, Bronson Reed is going to attack Bobby Lashley from behind, splash him 
for the DQ. A call back from their match last week when they're matching the via count out for kicking too much ass. So Bronson Reed goes after Bobby Lashley, posts him on the outside against the ring post, get him back in the ring. Bobby fights back, applies a hurt lock, but Theory drop kicks him from behind. That allows Bronson Reed to land a Samoan drop and the tsunami splash off the top rope to continue his feud with Bobby Lashley. And I think they will also have a very good big cost battle, preferably a backlash in a few weeks time in Puerto Rico. Their match last Monday was a lot of fun. The finish aside, I love the action. Bobby Lashley was hossing around Bronson Reed with zero chill, suplexes, spine busters, just handling business. But Bronson Reed is also that guy. I hope he feels a lot better after enduring the flu the last week or so, which made his brawl against Bobby Lashley very so-so last week. But I'm sure when he's back at 100%, they will give their all for this match, which I will greatly appreciate whenever it takes place preferably at Backlash in a few weeks' time on Peacock. Next up is Trish Stratus explains it all. Regarding her heel turn on Becky Lynch last Monday on Raw, and I have to say Trish Stratus was dressed for the goddesses. Her hair was exquisite. She was giving us a throwback Trish from 20 plus years ago. The hat, the coat, the girls were seated. Not gonna lie, she was a blonde bombshell and she cut a pretty good promo my only quibble was that the crowd noise was piped in for reasons I didn't understand I know she got like a smathering of a what champ but otherwise she was pretty good talking about why we got to put respect on her name she is the women's revolution she made people care about women's wrestling in WWE when they didn't care 20 plus years ago it's not we with her and Trish it is me point blank period Trish notes, I was the first woman to main event Monday Night Raw by defending my women's championship against Lita back in December 2004. I remember that night fondly. I will never forget it. I was shooketh. I was so happy. And that was the standard for a very long time until the women's revolution in 2015-16 that changed the game. And now women main event regularly on TV, which is a bless and main event WrestleManias as well. And Trish says, I want credit for that. I broke barriers for Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, main eventing WrestleMania 35. Instead of saying, this is awesome, say thank you, Trish, for making it possible. There would be no four horsewomen without Trish Stratus. And Becky Lynch has a nerve to take all of the credit for where women's wrestling is today. But she didn't thank me for opening the door. She didn't thank me for giving her the opportunities to succeed. And now she wants to play buddy-buddy and be friends, and I'm not playing that game. So she says, I did what I had to do by costing Becky her tag team titles last week. Yes, I was the one that laid out Lita. Lesson learned. But let it be known that Trish Stratus is no sidekick. She is no childhood fantasy, and she is not a nostalgia act. She is, simply put, the greatest of all time and the single most influential figure in the history of WWE. She drops the mic and she stunts. She is that bitch. I love her. She is forever mother to me. And she did a nice job. She's a little shaky at the start, but when she gets in the pocket, Trish is a very good promo. And my God, she was stunning last night. And I cannot wait to hear the Becky Lynch rebuttal to this promo because I want to see iron sharpen iron because real talk, I never had Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus as a fantasy match of mine. I always had Trish versus Sasha Banks. That was the chemistry moment at the first Warrior Rumble back in 2018. Then we get Trish versus Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam 2019 in Trish's hometown, home country of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And she served. She had a very nice outing against Charlotte Flair, which was supposed to be her retirement match. But she's been back a couple of times since then. 
And I just want to see how she works with Becky Lynch. Becky is absolutely merciless on the microphone. And I cannot wait to hear that rebuttal very soon. And if they can gel in the ring together, I am sold on it even more. But it's a wait and see approach based on how things were handled last week via the not so great WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match but the fallout was very nice with Trish going after Becky with the chick kick and how she's now sticking her claim as the greatest to ever do it and you better bow down kiss the ring and respect the queen for putting women's wrestling on the map in WWE dating back to 2001 through her retirement in 2006 because it's facts but I will always give Lita, Jacqueline, Ivory, Victoria, Gail Kim, Mickey James, Molly Holly, their flowers, and China as well, obviously off top, because they definitely informed my fandom as a wrestling fan that went through the bra and panties matches in the early 2000s, went through the paddle on the pole matches, went through the gravy bow matches, went through the swimsuit competitions and the golden thong awards. I've been through all of this as a fan and I've seen the glory of Trish growing into a performer that can work at a very high level. Her and Victoria tore it up. Her and Jazz. I cannot forget Jazz. They had very good matches fighting over the women's championship at the time on Monday Night Raw that formed my love of women's wrestling and I went through the drought from 08 to 2015 and really it wasn't until WrestleMania 32 in Dallas when we got that championship restored to its glory to be the women's championship and not the divas title and have Becky Charlotte and Sasha Banks fight for the right to be the new women's champion and it's been a journey for 20 plus years for me witnessing the golden era of the women's division from 20 years ago to the drought from 08 to at least 2016 to triple h putting his own stamp on the women's division on nxt that gave us the four horsewomen becky lynch bailey charlotte flair and sasha banks all champions in their own rights hall of famers in their own right grand slam champions in their own right as well and to go from that to main eventing wrestlemania becky lynch ronda rousey charlotte flair bianca belair and Sasha Banks. That's the end of the list. Five women in the last four years and really in the last 40 have main evented WrestleMania. There is still work to be done, but a lot of progress has been made in the last 20 plus years. And Trish Stratus definitely played a major role in that. And she deserves all of her flowers, despite her being a heel at the moment. But we'll see how Becky and Trish interact on the mic and in the ring in the weeks and months to come. As we segue to Chelsea Green and Serena Deville versus a team of Meechan and Candice LeRae. This match was just all right. Lacked a lot of heat because the teams are pretty lukewarm in terms of presentation on Monday Night Raw. Chelsea Green does land the end prettier on Meechan for the win after Nikki Cross distracts Candice LeRae for reasons as their storyline continues to parts. I'm not sure yet, but hopefully we'll get there soon because I do enjoy Nikki's cuckoo character and Candace needs something to stand out on this show because she's talented, but the personality is not popping off on screen at the moment. And we've seen her pop on screen via the way on NXT a couple of years ago, but it's not translating yet to Monday Night Raw. And now it is time for our main event featuring a six-man tag team match involving the Judgment Day's Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio versus the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. This match was very good as Finn Balor delivers a chop block to the bad knee of Kevin Owens, who's been through it recently against Solo Sokoa on SmackDown. And then he gets wiped out with a clothesline by Rhea Ripley behind the referee's back that 
got me because she is a force to be reckoned with from there riddle gets the high tag lands a exploder suplex followed by a seton and a fisherman suplex for two Riddle goes for a dive onto Dom and Finn, but Priest catches him with a choke slam on the hardest part of the ring. You guessed it, the ring apron. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Bally and Priest are working over Riddle until Dom sets up a vertical suplex, but Riddle is going to counter with a German suplex of his own. Sami Zayn makes a hot tag and he delivers a clothesline to Dominic and a back body drop. And Sami Zayn is going to go for an insane sunset flip power bomb on Dom and Dom lands really hard on his head, but it's good for a very close near fall. From there, we have Rhea Ripley causing trouble per the usual by crossing Sami Zayn on the top rope that allows Dom to go up top landing frog splash on Sami but KO breaks up the cover at the last possible moment from there we have a parade of finishes from everybody in the ring until Zayn goes for a dive onto everyone at ringside but Rhea Ripley is going to trip him up the referee sees this he ejects her from ringside and that allows Zayn to hit Dom with a blue thunder bomb for a very close near fall from there we have KO get the hot tag, go for a senton bomb off the top of rope, but Dom gets his knees up. Balor tags in, lands a shotgun drop kick on KO in the corner, goes to the coup de gras, but Owens dodges that, and he gives out sunnets to both Balor and Priest before Zayn delivers a haluva kick to Balor. Tags in Riddle, lands the floating bro on Finn Balor for the one, two, three. After the match is over, the bloodline goes out to attack KO, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. The bloodline is joined in by the Judgment Day to keep their temporary pact in order until the Latino World Order comes out by form of Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, and Raquin Wild. They clean house. They help Rey double team Dom. He lands a 619. Kevin Owens is a belly to back suplex on Damian Priest. And it is Faction Wars 2023 involving the Bloodline, LWO, and the Judgment Day. And we got KO, Zayn, and Riddle and their own little crew as well. I loved all of this a very chaotic end to the show what does this mean do we have some kind of weird fatal four-way tag team match involving judgment day bloodline lwo ko and Sami Zayn? i'm down for that that could be a future tag team title match preferably at clash of champions if they choose to hold back that long but i love factions feuding it gets people over if you heat them up long enough and i feel like the lwo in 2023 is way over right now they need a win i keep saying they need that moment to say we are here Ray needs a win. Santos definitely needs a win. Cruz Otero and Joaquin Wild need to be taken seriously as a tag team. And Zelina Vega, I think she is upping her stock more and more with her in-ring work specifically against Rhea Ripley, which could be a SmackDown Women's Championship match in Puerto Rico in a few weeks' time. All in all, a very fun and busy way to end Monday Night Raw via the factions of it all. And overall, I thought Monday Night Raw was a solid show. This is an interesting stretch for WWE that WrestleMania lull hits a little bit. The draft should reset things. But most importantly, this is the NBA and NHL playoff season right now. This is when the sports competition picks up for WWE and AEW. And if you build goodwill, you can maintain some audience. We'll see how it goes to kind of make sure you keep your hardcore base there and maintain a few casuals as well but the good news is wrestling is skewing younger which has not been the case for a long time and that is very good for wwe aew has been so so good rampage rating last 
Friday. Big bump courtesy of the NBA playoffs. So both companies need that boost heading into their next big shows. Backlash for WWE and double or nothing for AEW in May. And with that, this wraps up episode number 168 of The Raw Verdict. Recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter. They can find me tweeting about these podcast shows that drop on the summer daily. Recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such as Topia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I will not promise to be back recapping NXT. If I'm here Wednesday, it's a bless. If I'm not, charge my head, now my heart will see about it. I hope I'm here. Fingers crossed. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,